The Wiser Podcast. Conversations, public talks, and audio essays from the WITS Institute for Social and Economic Research. Hi, I'm Cizwe Mpofu-Walsh, a fellow at the WITS Institute for Social and Economic Research, and welcome to the Wiser Podcast. Mpo Matsipa is a Wiser Research Fellow and Lecturer in Design and Urban Research at the WITS School of Architecture and Planning. Bronwyn Kotzen is a visiting research fellow at WISER. She's also a PhD candidate in geography at the University of Cape Town. Her work explores materiality, politics, and place in rapidly developing urban centers. In this podcast, they explore the questions of circulation, African spatialities, and the relationship between logistics, infrastructure, and power. So, Bronwyn, you and I have been in conversation for a while. And one of the things that's emerged is our shared interest in how circulation changes the way we understand spatiality on the African continent. Yeah, absolutely, Mpo. We've had some really thought-provoking moments around these topics, and I'm, I'm super excited to continue the conversation here. Yeah, me too. So maybe we should start at the beginning. I know that you work on cement. Yeah, I do. a seemingly simple banal material, um, but my research on the circulation of cement exposes the complicated power relations that underpin it. That's really interesting. Yeah, I think cement is hugely important to study because after water, it's actually the most widely consumed substance on earth. Um, in many ways, it's a mark of humanity's obsession with the foundations it provides for the idea of modern development. And I've been increasingly um, fascinated by the way in which the insatiable consumption of cement has moved it across national borders, particularly in Africa. Um, I'm wondering what a focus on Africa reveals to you about um, messy power relations. Yeah, well, the cement industry in Africa has hugely exploded over the past decade, um, largely because former state-owned cement companies have been sold to the private sector and new independents have mushroomed all over the continent. And um, so I've become interested with how the seemingly simple grey matter is actually shaped by a complex set of relations that operate beyond pre-given boundaries of the nation state. Um, I think circulation offers a really generative analytical opening to see beyond the logic of a singular site or, you know, as you so well know in your work, of this idea of Africa as marginalized from the world. And instead, uh, I suppose it starts offering a way to draw out the patterns of messy power dynamics that happen at multiple scales across the continent. There's a really interesting dynamic between um, circulation and power, you know, that um, the freedom to move is so deeply tied into um, the capacities mm. that one has um, and the kind of power one can draw on in order to negotiate certain kinds of boundaries and thresholds. Um, it also means that one has to start thinking at multiple scales. And I find that really interesting Absolutely. in how um, a focus on circulation um, forces you to think at multiple scales, but also about hidden power relations, right? That 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 one can't yeah. move um, freely through space and that there will be moments of friction within that movement. Um, and I'm also really interested in similar questions around how Africans move. Um, in my own project titled African Mobilities and also a second one on Africa's um, political futures that explores processes of circulation by drawing on African and diasporic creative workers theory. Um, the project um, is multi-sided and I'm interested in how African urban imaginaries could be informed by transformations in our cities and how artists spatialize blackness in a way that functions as a site of radical imagination. 
So my work on African mobilities offers blackness as a category to think about architecture and urbanism. Yeah, wow, that's a that's a really interesting lens, Paul. But I'm I'm just wondering what what do you mean by this idea of blackness? Bronwyn, for me, blackness is a mode of thought and knowledge production that allows me to center Africa in thinking about global processes of circulation. Blackness in this sense is not merely a discrete, um, particularized experience, but is rather a method through which to understand the historical processes of circulation by which people become property. International trade becomes re-spatialized, and also how various flows were and continue to be racialized. It also brings research and design closer together and calls for new modes of representation across different locations. In short, a rupture in how we represent, read and design our environments. Yeah, wow. The, the, important, really, the, the prism of radical spatial imagination is powerful and one that puts into conversation the profound entanglements of the material and the political. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Anna-Marie Moll speaks of these entanglements as an ontological politics or what I've called political matters. And I think that that's where architecture becomes really interesting because it is precisely this entanglement of the political and the material. Mm. Um, but I was wondering if you could expand on this idea a little bit further in your own work. Are you suggesting that matter has agency? And what does it mean to understand political actors? Yeah, Paul. Well, cement is a, is a basic material commodity like bread or like rice, but it is also a fundamentally political product and its circulation is open and contested. Authors like Charmaine Chura speak of circulation as essential to capital's hope for expansion. And central to this, she argues, is the way in which logistics with its gargantuan imperial reach um, is really important for thinking through these ideas. But I think what's, what's perhaps even more important to note here is the way in which logistics omnipotence is also the reason behind its contradictions and contingencies. And so what I try and do is I decenter the very matter being studied to expose the human and non-human assemblages that generate geometries of power. I'm so confused about this tension between logistics as omnipotent, but also it um, being fraught with contingencies and contradictions. Um, but I'm also equally interested in this idea about human and non-human assemblages that generate geometries of power. Um, how are these? How do you how do you trace or understand? these geometries and what are they made of? Yeah, well, they're incredibly complicated, but what I what I try to do is trace the connections between, for example, limestone supply and production facilities or um, foreign infrastructural development companies and dollar finance and or, or even industry associations and, and economic knowledge. And I think what these what these begin to introduce are the frictions and lubrications between material operations um, finance, expertise, and, and even and quite prominently the state. And I think this, this starts showing how agency is operating in so many directions at once. And so logistics can, can be invoked as, as political power. It reorganizes the long-held institutional idea of politics, um, reaching much further than the notion of a ding politic in the actor-network sense of the word. And I think it it is a way to start working beyond the Foucauldian biopolitics or chronological meta-narratives of colonization, independence, or even globalization in, in contemporary Africa. 
For me, the question of logistics raises important questions about the durability of certain modes of power, Bronwyn. And these questions really relate to any easy periodization of history. Take, for example, the transatlantic slave trade as a spatial system that was produced by capitalism. So I agree with you, Bronwyn, that logistics and its infrastructure has imperial reach. I also think it's important to engage with how the project of modernity is inextricably tied to projects of imperialism through both the transatlantic slave trade and colonialism and the fundamental contradictions that this poses, first for Euro-Enlightenment ideals of freedom and secondly for any normative ideas of modernization as progress. Yeah, well, I think raising slave trade is a key orientating frame. How, how do you work through this, this idea? There are many scholars who have talked about um, transatlantic slavery as a spatial system and its relationship to capitalism. But for me, a founding text is the work of Walter Rodney, who argued that Europe and Africa were and are in a dialectical relationship beginning in the 15th century. And this means that slavery underpinned European capitalist development. So I see blackness as a product of the logistical systems and modes of power that facilitated the circulation of goods and also the circulation of people as goods across vast territories during the transatlantic slave trade. In other words, slavery required considerable infrastructure and finance in order for it to work, and that black bodies were part of this transaction and this calculus. Exactly. Um, it- It makes me think of Nigel Thrift and the way he speaks of flows as the technological unconscious of capital, of flows of people and goods as as almost seemingly neutral and and apolitical. And I think, yeah, yeah, I think think thinking from a logistics perspective, um, cement production, distribution and, and its circulation on the continent makes visible the vivid material conscious of capital. Uh, local expert knowledge and working is in pursuit of the capital it aims to accumulate, I think really in a, in, a, in a profound way, begins to show this. I think a dual focus on, you know, the circulation of people as goods and also the circulation of goods as goods really sort of brings this idea into sharp focus or into sharp relief. So the idea that capital is not disembodied and that it does not flow smoothly through space. Um, in other words, that space is not just a container for social relations, um, but is is deeply invested and um, tied to a set of political um, projects. Yeah, the nation state is so often thought of as simply a, a container, as you say, in Paul. And, and I've developed a working rubric of six unstable, what I call technological jurisdictions, where, amongst other processes, I begin to think through regional trade, um, border porosity, things like dollar liquidity, uh, and infrastructure like transport and electricity infrastructure, which collectively reveal diverse contingencies that, that so often produce fragilities and unintended consequences, which, which we really seldom see. I really appreciate um, the way that you focus on technological jurisdictions in order to really draw out the granular processes that constitute logistics. Um, but I was wondering if you could just tell me a bit more about what you mean by technological jurisdictions. Yeah, in the interest of time, I'll just I'll explain quite briefly. These these for me are spaces of material political assemblages. Really, um, they're spaces that cannot be drawn on a map, but they still have limits. And I think they then become key to rethinking the idea of power. That logistics is always adapting to contingencies. Um, 
In other words, I think seeing logistics from a geographic rather than an economic standpoint is critical because it forces, it in many ways forces us to scrutinize the technological practices that, while on the one hand make capital work, on the other hand, they, they in a really severe way begin to interrupt it. I'm also really interested in the way that these processes take root and materialize on the ground. Um, but as an architect and from an architectural perspective, I'm also quite attuned to the difficulties in representing processes and networks that are largely rendered invisible. So for me, um, this also calls um, for creative mappings that can teach me and others how to both read and interpret spatial practices in conditions of flux, which is what characterizes built environments across large parts of Africa, and to interpret them beyond the tropes of crisis and marginality. So one of the projects that has been really generative for me to think through these questions is Olalek and Jafis's Shanti Megastructure Project that projects alternative heterotopic futures for Lagos in the face of large-scale real estate development, environmental precarity, and displacement of large numbers of the urban poor. Yeah. Lagos, as you know, is an important port city and a strategic infrastructure and network for the functioning of a global and regional economy along the West African coast. And it was also, um, importantly, uh, um, has its foundations as a slave port um, during the transatlantic slave trade. But returning to um, megastructure, the Shanti megastructure, the megastructural scale and the technological assemblages of Jafis's work produce a hypervisibility of the slum that highlights the agency of its inhabitants. So in this project, the figure of the slum as a vortex of social death actually gets turned on its head. And the project, just in terms of its utopian representation of these inhabitants, subverts any kind of normative understandings we might have of black life as ungeographic or inherently dispossessed, and it also subverts any totalizing narratives about uninterrupted capital flows. Yeah, this idea of the ungeographic is is one that I think is re- really interesting and and quite a quite a fresh take on what is ultimately at stake in these kinds of projects, Mpo. And I'm I'm thinking through what what how this comes to bear for you. I mean, as I said earlier, um, for me, looking at at these projects is more about thinking and engaging with these creative practices as theorizations of contemporary African urbanisms. Um, and so I see these creative projects as offerings of new terrains of political and spatial imagination and action. Um, in other words, they show the ways in which the built environment is not merely an effect of power, but also an assemblage of heterogeneous power relations, but also materialities. Mm, it seems that a focus on the circulation from this part of the map, from Africa, really deepens and increases the vocabulary that one might bring to the idea of spatial futures both on the continent and, and more globally. And I really appreciate um, the focus that you bring on logistics that really helps me to think about these processes at a granular level and also to think about them at multiple scales. Um, So it's been absolutely wonderful to engage with your work. This has been a great conversation. Um, Thank you so much, Bronwyn, and I really look forward to continuing. Yeah, you too, Mpo. I learned so much and and it's it's been a, a really enlightening conversation. 